0: everybody and welcome to another episode of the proud to work in cannabis podcast very excited for this episode today I have Todd Harrison who's the founding partner and chief investment officer at CBI management Todd I feel like we've been we've built a quick friendship over the last couple of weeks working on mission green together how are you
1: I'm well, thank you. It's CB1 Capital Management.
0: CB1 Management. I totally messed it up by saying CBI. CB1.
1: CB1, like the receptor, like the cannabinoid receptor, the CB1 receptor, the CB2 receptor. So that was the genesis. And I can't take credit for that. That was that was Lauren DeFalco's idea, but I love it. So we'll, we we stuck with it.
0: Well, Todd, we, got, I have a, we have a long list of things that I'm excited to double click on with you today. But to start us out with... Can you talk to us about how you decided to go into the cannabis industry? I think you have one of the most inspiring stories in terms of what drew you to cannabis.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And first, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I've been a fan of what you've been doing over at Banks for some time, and, um, and you know, having the opportunity to work with you and to help be part of the the forward solution has been, um, let's just say, you have you've delivered on all of the promises that uh, preceded you, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. So. Um, yeah, um, I you know what am I? Uh, I'm going to be 54 in a couple of weeks, and uh, I tell you that because I you know spent my childhood and you know college career trying to figure out how to get into Wall Street, and you know started at Morgan Stanley when I was uh, you know two days out, out of Syracuse University, and chased that brass ring you know, you know uh, through Morgan Stanley in the hedge fund world, and landed uh, at Jim Cramer's desk of all places, um, and was president and ran trading there. Uh, and he had stepped away at the time. That first uh, year that he stepped away to see in it, DC full time uh, is when the planes hit. Uh, and uh, you know, seeing people holding hands and jumping from the World Trade Center is not something that you can easily look away from. And nor did we. Um, and um, you know, that set in motion uh, this, I guess, process of discovery. Um, I went to see at some point thereafter. Uh, a woman by the name of Dr. Julie Holland, who, unbeknownst to me, was really a and remains a pioneer in the uh, cannabis research side of, and uh, among others, right? Uh, and does tremendous work uh, on, on other alternative therapies, um, and I didn't know this at the time. I just knew that I was very depressed, and um, and life had changed dramatically, and. She opened my eyes to the science and pointed me in the direction of GW Pharmaceuticals, which was a cannabinoid biotech company. Uh, it still is, but under a different name. Um, and I started studying the history and the weaponization of this plant and how, um, you know, just the war on drugs came to be and how it continued to be and, and remains in place um so that wasn't there wasn't a grand like uh, gesture uh, i started to research it and as i say you sort of open up that uh, the, you know you go down that rabbit hole for the intellectually curious and I, we had to come back you know this is an amazing plant the therapeutic properties are terrific uh we hung a shingle i think it was what six seven years ago as a, as a wellness fund as a long short hedge fund Uh, We added um, an advisory capacity to that uh, when some of our portfolio companies had asked us to work in that capacity with them. Um, And, you know, obviously very stringent uh, compliance protocols in place. But nonetheless, you know, we work with a lot of companies. We invest in some of them as able. Uh, and, um, And we also work with Mission Green, as you alluded to, which is, you know, what I think I'm most proud of in, in terms of helping to affect positive change and, and to unwind uh, the second prohibition, which uh, I think we're in the process of doing now. So
0: can we talk for a little bit about Mission Green? And this is, this is actually how, Todd, you and I ended up meeting each other, was through Mission Green, which I, I didn't know a lot about it before you—actually, our friend Rosie Matteo connected us to then all connect to this project. So could you talk to us about Weldon and the Mission Green Project and what we're doing with it?
1: Yeah, I would love to. I mean, Weldon is you know, he's a unique individual. He's a music producer um, and he lives in Utah. Uh, and what was, I think it was the early 90s, early mid 90s when, uh, and I think it was the Dog Pound he was working with. And they were traveling to Utah to record music. And they didn't like that in Utah, evidently, and um, and set up a sting operation. And they they set him up to sell $300 worth of weed on three separate occasions. Uh, fast forward, there was, I think, 110 Year mandatory minimum sentencing they tried to slap on him uh, for not you know turning on Snoop Dogg, which you know there was no drugs involved so he couldn't turn on Snoop Dogg and nor would he do it. But the long and the short of it, he served 13 years, uh, and he had a, a wide array of of uh, support uh, from Kim Kardashian to the Koch brothers, from uh, Mike Lee the senator to. Um, you know, to these uh, to these rappers, like this, you know, the strangest of bedfellows, as we shall say, uh, to come together to really try to unwind this uh, very archaic war on drugs and, and very damaging, you know, as I say, it's, the, it's a stain on the soul of our country. Uh, and well he's been, you know, he got out, he got pardoned. Uh, he, when was this? About four or five years ago. And he's been spending most of his time, uh, if not all of his time, trying to get everybody else out.
0: So, so, so thirteen. I mean, just to make sure that I heard this correctly, 13 years for selling $300 a couple times worth of cannabis. I mean, if you think about it, we're all doing that effectively every single day now. I mean, $300 worth of cannabis is nothing.
1: Well, it wasn't 13 years. It was 55 years mandatory minimum. It was such an egregious uh, sentencing that the federal judge who sentenced him stepped off the bench. He was a Republican judge, I believe. And he stepped off the bench to join Weldon in his fight to unwind these archaic laws, and, and they did the first step back. They failed the first time. Uh, they came back again, uh, you know, this time with some muscle, uh, and they got uh, and it passed. And I feel like that script is sort of playing out again uh, as it pertains to some of the legislation we're currently seeing. And long and the short of it is, a couple of years ago, our good friend, uh, my, my friend Jeff Schultz, uh, introduced uh, me to Weldon um and i was taken by his story i have tried to help raise money and do a number of different things to help support him because i believe he's the tip of the spear i really do believe he's the tip of the spear he has the support he has the respect uh, both sides of the aisle is the respect of the criminal justice because he did his time. Uh, he has the respect of social justice because he is in the process of, of helping to uh, represent uh, you know those people. And he uh, is working with uh, the industry as well, um, which I think has gotten a fair amount of bad Uh, a bad reputation Uh, and some in some cases deservedly so but there's some good people out there as you know and and so the idea when we came back in january just to bring this in for a landing was you know to build the mission green alliance which was be the change you hope to see if you're going to buy legal cannabis you can round up your purchase or otherwise donate to effect federal cannabis reform uh, and that rolled out now at Glasshouse. House, it's rolled out at Air, it's rolling out at Terracent, it's rolling out at account. it's rolling back out with Verano, uh, and a number of others who have come to support this. And there's no asking anybody to write a check. We're asking to work together to enable this to be a grassroots effort to support Weldon. Uh, to support the people who can't support themselves.
0: And what a great way, like what a, talk about reaching the masses. And so, I mean, if every single dispensary in America rolled this out and every person that checked out, I mean, think about it. When you go into the, every single time I go into the grocery store, they're asking me to round up for whatever that day's cause is. And so I really, I mean, shout out to Glasshouse and Terrace and Aaron and Brano and all the partners who have gotten in on this to have their customers round up so that we don't have people serving unjust sentences. I mean, Weldon's never gonna get those, uh, I mean, Thank God he wasn't in for 55 years, but he's never going to get those 13 years back. And there's people sitting in prison right now. And so for consumers to be able to round up, I mean, these are consumers purchasing cannabis when there's people sitting in federal prison for basically doing the same thing. I mean, I think every single consumer in America needs to be rounding their purchase up and then some. And every dispensary needs to be getting into this program. If I'm a dispensary listening right now, or I'm a tender listening right now, how do I enroll my dispensary into this program? Because I think everyone in the cannabis industry needs to be part of this program, full stop.
1: Yeah, well, the mission, we built a landing page, Mission Green Alliance. It says click here as a dispensary. We also have a, a merchandise store. You also have the ability to donate directly. Um, And and to your point, it's not just the operators, right, Pharma can too, but it's the, you know, the headsets of the world and the Spring Bigs of the world and the Vanks, thank you so much, of the world uh who you know are donating their time and support and man hours in a time where people are very happy just to have a job it's very very tough out there right now uh, we haven't even kind of got, gotten into that side of the equation of, of sort of the industry landscape but there's another side to this cycle and i think as we get there you know how you navigated the downturn who you chose to associate yourself with and who and what you uh, have decided to do with your time like right? how, how you spend your days um, it's easy to spend them on Twitter by, you know, commiserating, or you can actually, you know, pick up a shovel and start digging and try to help to move this and that's what we've done and thank you for that support as well because uh we're you know we're talking to the salts of the world talking to the swedes of the world talking, you know talking to dutchy we're trying to get this as a plug-and-play set it and forget it so that it doesn't have to be a you know labor's effort so that's what we've been trying to do and you know it's a labor of love because you know it needs to be done
0: and you know for for an additional if if you're if you're somebody that works in the industry and you want to learn more about this You can go to Vanks.com and search Mission Green and on Mission Green has a beautifully built out profile page and there's also a training where you can go and you can take actually there's two trainings and you can take both trainings to hear directly from Weldon you can hear about this project and you can take a retail training to understand how to speak to consumers about rounding up and when you complete this you'll have a special Mission Green badge on your profile and for everybody that completes this Vanks is donating one dollar so let's get I hope from this podcast we can have a thousand people go and take this training, spread the word, and that will be a thousand dollars that banks donates directly to Mission Green. So it's an amazing cause. And, and Todd, obviously, th- shout out to you for really—I mean, Todd has been conducting all of us, right? We're all don- you know know—we're all trying to help, but like Todd's really conducting. And of course, Weldon's coming on to the show soon. Uh, special shout out to Weldon. I mean, you guys are bringing this together, and I think we can change the lives of millions. Um, switching gears to what you just. Uh, started to talk about the state of the industry, and I I like what you just said around pick up a shovel. I was listening to the um, Tim Ferriss podcast this weekend, and Seth Godin was on, and he said, I love this quote, he said, "Um, we get to pick our attitude, and it's the only thing each of us truly gets to pick and I was really been thinking about that a lot this week because there's a lot not going well in the cannabis industry, right? I own a hiring company, and I get on the phone with our customers who tell me they're gonna have to do another eighth round of layoffs because their their taxes became due and they can't pay their taxes in 280E, and I mean, there is so much messed up in this industry right now, and a lot of people are, are folding. They're not able to keep going, and so, I mean to to you know i'm doing my best every day to have a positive outlook on it and say how can we make it through this time and get to the other side but like it is really really hard so what are you seeing out there and give us your take on uh the state of the industry because from where i'm sitting things are not looking pretty right now
1: yeah no it's dark i think it's 847 days now since the uh the cannabis sector topped and you know, I understand the cannabis sector, at least as measured by stocks and the cannabis industry, are not the same conversation, uh, but they do sort of move in the same tracks. And, you know, I bring this up because this is now over two years, almost two and a half years of a tunnel. Um, and the reason that I chose for most of, the, of that time to get behind Weld and support him was because we need to move the boulder the first two inches from a federal standpoint and get some legislation, whether that's banking or whether, you know, there needs to be some movement, and we came pretty close last year. We came very close at the end of last year, um, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it was thwarted. Of course, you know, Mitch McConnell. If you haven't read the Scorpion and the Frog, I suggest you do. But that sort of sums up uh, Schumer. And Wait,
0: what was it? What, what should people? The Scorpion
1: read? and the Frog. It's a parable uh, about people's natural instincts, and you know, Chuck Schumer let you know left us vulnerable by leaving it to the last minute, and. Mitch McConnell stung him because that's what scorpions do. Um, But there was a lot of education around it. There was a lot of movement, there was a lot of work done. And I bring that up because I do think that is the low hanging fruit. Uh, we were told coming into this year that it would probably be introduced by the end of the first quarter. And then, of course, you have Silicon Valley and the other bank failures and everything that pushed out by a month. But we are expecting to see that work its way through the Senate by the end of, I guess, uh, by the summer break uh, and hopefully the House in the third quarter. Uh, and then you have that HHS uh, uh, DEA, FDA process, which you know there's also a fair amount of chatter been going around. Uh, that they've they landed on a schedule three, and it's a question of when uh, is that communicated. I don't know if that's true, uh, but I, you know, if you know, it's been going around. Put it that way. You're not seeing it uh, out there, by the way, in the volume of the price. Uh, but if any, either of those things happen, and you know, let's just say schedule three, where you have uh, two E goes away immediately, and you have the ability to get banking services and even uplist. Right? It solves a lot of problems, and I think you know, the industry is going to re-rate rather quickly. Um, a lot of people, as you said, have given up. They've tapped out. Um, we have always said, uh, and the reason we've worked so hard to try to be part of that change, uh, is that you, know, you can hold your breath for a minute under 10 feet of water, uh, but you can't hold your breath for 10 minutes under a foot of water. Uh, and We've been now, it's been 847 days. You know, you know, Jeff Sessions rescinded the cold memo in 2018. This is you know, predating all of that, but that's when the problem started. Uh, so we do think we'll get some legislation. We do think there's, there's other things in motion. And certainly, um, you know, you have a Garland memo. You have a lot of things that could happen here to alleviate the pressure, but something needs to give uh, because it's untenable. You, this, is, this is Y2K 2.0, right? Or this is, you know, all of these uh, pets.coms and all of these different, you know, high-valuation tech companies are entering it, and there's going to be a handful of names that come out. The Fang. Uh, that emerged and survived because they have the scale and ability to do that, and that's you know winning the war of attrition is not necessarily winning, but you do what you have to to survive. And until the rules change, until 280E is addressed, until there's banking services, until we are on an even playing field, uh, it's going to continue to be bifurcated, uh, and there's going to be a handful of winners and a lot of pain. Uh, but I think change is coming, so that's you know that you know if that's true, uh, I think you know it'll flip the switch
0: so when you say that you think change is coming for people out there listening you know what makes you think that change is coming and what makes you think that this time is going to be different that's part one of my question and i do have a part two but let's start okay. there
1: no it's a fair question you know fool me seven times shame on you i think for me eight times shame on me um the reason I think it's <laughs>
0: seven <laughs> times. I thought it was pull- I Thought it
1: was <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seven times uh, to Okay, pardon me. Uh, I, I, no, no,
0: no. I, 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 was laughing because I was thinking about the say saying, "Pull me once, shame on."
1: Yeah.
0: And it's been seven right. times. Oh my God.
1: It's been seven times. So you can't. You know, it's it's like if you're a Ferris Bueller fan, produce the corpse and we'll release Sloan. Right. I mean, that's where we are. Nobody believes. And I actually think that's really bullish as long as we get something. But to your point about why is it different, uh, one, I'm just looking at you know one you know what's been published like publicly. Uh, whether it's, you know, through the uh, Marijuana Moments or the Natalie Furnace of Politico, um, you know, there's been enough quotes that support the things that we've been hearing um, that suggest that, that they do actually have an agenda to get banking through. As I said to one of the Congress people when I was in DC, one of the several times I was in DC this year, we want to write you checks. We want to write you a check. But to write you a check, we need a bank. And without banking, we can't write you a check. And surprisingly, that seemed to resonate. Um, But I think that's sort of the low-hanging fruit, Um, that's the way I understood it, I understand they want to get it out of the way by the third quarter so that it doesn't have a repeat of last year, but there was a lot of work being done already, and it's cumulative in terms of the awareness and the education that's been done on the Hill by so many staffers and so many people who have been really putting the time in, right? Not people, you know, and as it was explained to me in my last trip, Carson, so it said, DC is designed to move slow, states are designed to be more nimble, Uh, but in... You know, in D.C. speak, the education and the evolution of cannabis has been tremendous, right? If you're not looking at a stock prices and, and a screen and a chart, like, you're like, okay, you're probably right. The education, like if you had these conversations five years ago, you're not having these conversations five years ago. Like, you know, we were on the hill on 420 smoking weed. I mean, it's moving forward my point um so i do think this time is different in terms of the legislation but i also think um uh, you know the conventional wisdom is that you see something from this uh exped- you know expedited review of the scheduling of cannabis um i think the surprise could be that it happens sooner
0: rather than later what can people and so that the, thank you the, the second and look i i before i go into the second part of my question i'll share it last year when we're in a national we're in an organization called ncr national roundtable organization and Weldon was involved. I think that's actually how I met Weldon. But anyway, I was I went to the trip last year in DC and I forget, one of the one of the people that spoke to us, he was a Republican senator. And he said to us, look guys, in DC it's like you're climbing up a mountain and every time more rocks get put into the mount into the backpack, it gets harder to get up. So he was explaining that as last year, we were trying to move into this more comprehensive bill. Um, it's harder to get it done. So I, I thought that was a good takeaway. And I think it sounds kind of like what you're saying, DC is designed to move slowly. And I,
1: yeah. It's got to be incremental. I mean, that's really the only way it moves, because if you think about it, like just taking a step back rationally, like we all think it should be descheduled. Like, raise your hand. I raise my hand. Right. But that's like three or four steps away. But that has to be an act of Congress. And when you have more and more of these senators who are making money now and, and, and employing people because they have state siloed cannabis, you know, it's going to be a tougher You know a tougher pull uh than incremental reform which is allowing these businesses to thrive or in the case of new york survive uh without some sort of federal reform and banking um what you're saying jeff schultz said to me he said it another way the more ornaments you hang on a tree the more likely it is to fall over um i think what happened last year was as we got closer and closer to it and broke the story you had a handful of ceos who shall remain nameless who put a hard press on to get up listing and you know hit tilt in the process. Um, and I don't know if that's true uh, versus, you know, like I said, the scorpion and the frog. And because I think the, the, the Democrats tried to placate the left and go for a more comprehensive, as we were just talking about, reform as opposed to incremental reform, uh, and then pivot back to safe plus this package at the end of the year. That was their plan, uh, and then it got thwarted. You know, Mitch McConnell's from Kentucky. There's a lot of alcohol companies in Kentucky you know, I do the math, uh, but I do think that's cumulative in terms of the work to go back to part one of your question and that we'll see it. Um, and I think we're going to see it and people are going to shift their attention to at 280E. And there's always going to be an issue until there's not an issue. Uh, but when there's not an issue, and as we work through these issues, more likely incrementally, you're going to see some of these companies are going to emerge on the other side and do really special things, both for their investors and as companies, as part of the American economic landscape right? This is an industry that deserves to be heard. Uh, The way that it was shut out is a travesty, as I said, on the the history of this country. This is a real black marker on the history of this country. But I do think that on the other side, this is going to be something that we can look back on. As I've told my kids since they were You know, in grade school, by the time you're in college, it's going to be legal. And they thought I was full of shit. Now it's legal. And I'm like, by the time you're in college, they're going to realize that this is going to be used for all these different conditions that they realize now because they couldn't test for it. because Or they couldn't you know, find it because it was federally Schedule 01 and you couldn't test it for anything other than bad. So all of these things as we move forward and you take a step back, where are we going to be in 20 years? Like, we're going to be able to walk in somewhere and have a custom cannabinoid profile that's specifically suited to our own biomechanism. And like that's going to be our vitamin, call it. Um, and it's just a unique, it's a unique, uh, you know, science that I don't think we're really even scratching the surface of how it can help mankind.
0: Hopefully, by the time your kids are parents, by the time you're a grandfather, hopefully it's descheduled yeah. at a minimum.
1: God, yeah, I hope you're right. I mean, if it's not, I don't know if I'll, if I'll make it that long. If I could be honest. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh my God. Um, you know, switching gears a little bit on the investing side, you're investor in this space. What, what what kind of companies are you the most bullish on? Are you the most bullish on multi-state operators that are vertically integrated? Are you bullish on ancillary businesses? Talk to us about sort of what has been your investment thesis coming into this space and what gets you the most excited about types of businesses that you think are the long-term winners?
1: Yeah, I think it's about the people. It's about the jockey over the horse. Uh, a lot of horses out there. It goes back to, you know, pets.com versus those fang stocks like you know, history rhymes, right? Even the first Prohibition history rhymes, like all the companies that came out of, of that process. But um, it's not like a one particular tier, one particular segment. And you know, I actually asked, I made the joke, uh, the morbid sort of gallows humor joke last last, uh, I think last night on a call with a colleague kind of mine that I felt like this was this, the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, and we're all running out to the beach to get our cannabis investments, and like, you know, how many of those uh, people made it to the other side of the beach? Um, and it sort of feels that way. So like we're looking at the operators and it's not just by the tiers, like there's good tier one companies, like we think Green Thumb and Toronto, Um, those are our tier one picks. But like, as you go down that sort of totem pole, you know, you start to come across things like, you know, the Terrace ends or the errors. And we work with these companies, we're investing in these companies, all the usual disclaimers, right? I'm not touting anything. I just, you know, we're, it's really about the people. And, and, and you know, we look at Glasshouse or Forefront and say, these guys can, and girls and people can, uh, can produce really, really good quality cannabis at scale, and they can do it, um, you, know, uh, you know, consistently over time, and, and that's, you know, as the curve comes down from a pricing standpoint, which it will inevitably over time, um, and volumes continue to uh, expand as they have continually over time and will continually over time as the illicit market uh, is cannibalized. Right? Um, that's where the growth is going to be and that's where the, the value is going to be in sticking it out over these 846 days uh, that you know since the last pop when we've all had conversations with God and said, so, you know what, what what exactly are we doing but there's another side here um, and there's good people in this industry across all this you know you know well and I talk about it all the time you know you call it five you know, whatever the visualization is you have five seats at the table one of them is the MSOs one of them is criminal justice one of them is social justice one of them is uh, legacy operators you know even throw like a you know the big box uh you know retail or you know cpg in there you know everybody sees it they all they're all pulling on the baby right but if we don't figure out a way for the baby to survive like nobody's gonna enjoy the baby right and everybody's pulling on the baby and i you know there's, there's a there's a you know, there's a conspiracy out there that believes that this is all sort of scripted, um, that this was designed so that big alcohol and tobacco, whoever else, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, those people are are, are going to swoop in and take these assets on pennies of the dollar, and that process is going on right now. But I think what's lost in that is the human capital. It's a tough supply chain. This is a tough industry. And, you know, if you don't do what you love and love what you do and know what you're doing and, and be able to do it well day after day despite not getting paid for it for the last five years, uh, which is sort of what the industry is going through right now. And that's if you're lucky to still be fighting uh, after all this time. Like, you know, you have to have your why. What's your why? Um, and I think ultimately, you know, is back to your question what are the stocks? Like, you know, I. You know, whether it's a Jason Wilder or George Arcos or Graham over you know, and those folks at, at Glass House, and, you know, and even sort of, you know, some of the torque that, that would be in an air or something like that. Like, I do believe that there's another side to this, uh, to this.
0: For, for, for people, we don't have video yet, but uh, Todd has two awesome dogs that, three dogs, I only see two. Tell, not, not to take you off the tangent, but let's hear, can, can you tell me a little bit about the dogs?
1: Well, that, yeah, I mean, these are our rescues. We have two rescues, Jeff Jacks, the one who's loudmouth, and that's Sandy, the the hound here. Or we have a, a you know a, a micro burner doodle that is uh, running around somewhere. Um, so yeah, it's uh, we, this is a doghouse. So I apologize. This is just
0: definitely no no no. I like that the I love I love the dogs. The dogs have been coming in and out throughout the whole episode. Well, I mean look, 846 days. That's this, actually that's the first time that I've. Like that number has Like been highlighted. It's a long time. So so how do you it's a long time and I and I and I think a lot of people in this market are feeling a lot of pain. And it's not just in cannabis. There's a lot of people out there, whether they're founders that raised a lot of VC capital and they can't grow into their valuation, or they're VCs that invest in a lot of companies and they feel like their books upside down, or they're cannabis operators, or they're cannabis investors. there's a lot of people in this market right now that are really feeling the pitch I mean, myself included it sounds like you included uh, so, so what do you do for yourself to get through these 846 46 days and, and how are you getting through it to make sure that you can stay on the field because at the end of the day we all need to stay on the field so, so what do you do for yourself
1: yeah I mean listen it's a great question and I can you know i can cuff it and say yeah you know i, I do the peloton daily and i and i play with my dogs and i focus on the happiness of my and the laughter of my children and, and life is good but you know that's not as my dog is you could probably hear in the background i'll tell you i'm fully shed it's not easy you got to make you know mental health and mental acuity and and focus uh you know require you to stay healthy in more ways than just physically and uh, you know, this has taken its toll. I, you know, I, it's not even like, I joke around. It's not joking around. I had the conversation with a number of people who have been in this, you know, for five, six years. And they're like, if I knew what I knew then now, like I would have never done this. Uh, but at this point I'm gonna keep going and like it's you know and that's sort of the mindset that i'd come to work with because at like this point like you know you'll have to pry this industry through for my cold dead fingers like we have you know we have done the work we're confident in our uh you know in the companies that we own they're not reliant uh, at least you know a lot of the names that i've talked about uh, are not reliant on uh federal reform uh they would certainly benefit from it uh but there's opportunities out there even in this landscape to see what people are doing in, in tough times and and that's i guess you know tying this all back together that's what makes the winners the winners and the centers the centers is the ability to keep going and and identify alternative solutions or uh, you know find synergies or optimize your operations or make smart decisions about the sequencing of your growth um, right now i think the pendulum swung way too far that people are back in survival mode to show me how i operate in cash flow and by the way by the time we get to okay here i am operating cash flow uh you know you'll see some legislative or regulatory reform and then all of these companies that have had to do all of the things that every company they you said oh well, it's not just cannabis but it is just cannabis when you're talking about a 70% effective tax rate and you're talking about the inability to bank and you're talking about the inability to take credit cards, right? So all of these things, which is almost like a, like, like a, like a training camp or like a, a boot camp, when these restrictions come off, the companies that survive are going to have the ability, the mindset, and the activity to really make their mark on a level playing field, right? And if you can win in this environment or survive in this environment, you're going to make a fortune. Right, you just got to get through it. You got if you're going through hell, keep going. Right, and so so I mean that's my mindset at this point. Like I just want to get there for my investors, for my family, for this fucking dog that won't stop barking at me right now. I, I want to get there because that's where it is. Right, like this is where we're going. And you, you, we alluded to the, the first prohibition with the Great Depression and sort of that you know that being what it was, history rhymes. Like you know like the second prohibition is going to come off. It's going to come through a time of economic you know, the hardship, unfortunately, at least for a lot of the country. But, you know, during the depression, if that's the doubt, you know, let's say that's the downside, like 75% of America worked during the depression. Continental Airlines, Tyson Foods, Disney, all born in the great depression, right? Like it's about how you approach it.
0: Or think about 2008. I mean, Airbnb started in 2008 by in the housing crisis. I mean, every time there's one of these pullbacks, some iconic companies are
1: born. Yeah, and this is, I don't know if you could, I mean, listen, I've been in the markets for 34 years. I've never seen it. I mean, I sat here today and watched 17 million notional trading across the entire U.S. cannabis landscape, which includes all the double accounting uh, between the two exchanges, all the ETFs, uh, and, and you know, 17 million uh, you million—you know, across the entire U.S. cannabis landscape that's worth now like 8.8 billion uh, on the aggregate, and they'll probably do 10 to 15, depending uh in in in, in, uh, in revenue so you're trading less than one-time sales as an industry um and if you know where to look i think you're, you're this is a good time to look.
0: well todd i i really appreciate that that perspective and i think it's nice that people are sharing that like this is a hard time because i feel like a lot of people are having these conversations but not publicly and so then people find themselves in a moment where they're like wow i'm the only one that's feeling like my business or my book is really struggling um and i
1: what they say, Carson, there's no shame in admitting hard. there's only shame in pretending it's not.
0: I like that. Well, Todd, we're coming up on our time here, but my, my, my last question for you is, you know, I'm actually super inspired by everything that you just said, and it's, you know, I feel the same sentiment of, like, we need to keep going, and we need to make it to their side, and the reward is going to be so much bigger, and it's going to be, I mean, I think it's really hard for people to even understand how challenging the cannabis industry has been but what is the one thing that you are most looking forward to in the cannabis industry for the next five years it can be something personally that you're excited about it could be something with investing it can be something social like it, it can be something on the um mission green side like what's the one thing that you're really really like most looking forward to
1: yeah, it's a great question. I would, I would say progress, but I feel like that's sort of uh, laying up. I, it's really it's really being on the right side of history and being sort of in, I wouldn't even say I'm in the room. I'm in the area. I'm in the area of the room. I'm in the building or a building. I'm in the city, uh, of the, whatever. I, I, this is a hell of a time to be alive when you think about taking a step back historically uh, and all the people who have suffered. And, and you had said all the people in federal prison, 90% of them are in state prison. So we need the whole act. Uh, along with the SAFE Act, uh, to help incentivize state-level uh, expungements, and pardons, or uh, state-level expungements, pardon me. Uh, but they're, they're, we need to get people, like I listen, I, uh, rarely a day goes by when the market closes that I won't you know, pull out my personal stash and say, well, am I going to try this glass house? Do I want this Verano? Do I want this, this mission? Like, what What am I in the mood for? Like, some people look at a wine. Right. That progress, that normalization. And it, and it relaxes me and it helps me to like, get ready for my night or, depending on, you know, I, what it is. And I just think that the understanding, vital sort of understanding of, of you know, as we, as we like to say at, at CB1, the efficacious agility of this plant right? I took it for PTSD. My partner took it for Epileptic Seizure Disorder. Uh, I know people who take it for anxiety. I, I know people who take it for Crohn's. I know people who take it for the sciatica. And, and yet, you know, it's Schedule One, right? And it's just such a fucking travesty. I'm sorry. So, like, I'm excited for that because within five years, I think, you know, we're gonna see some pretty meaningful changes on how our country treats cannabis and how it treats people who use cannabis. Uh, And if it doesn't, then we'll be back here fighting for it still.
0: Well, Todd, I'm excited to have you on at least once a year. So thank you so much for your time and for everything that you've done for the industry. If folks wanna get in touch with you or follow you, I know you're on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle? How can folks follow along and, and see the updates that you're sharing with the industry regularly?
1: I mean, I have Todd underscore Harrison on Twitter. I have a sub stack called Cannabis Confidential, which I use by appointment these days. Or Todd at CB1CAP.com, the, the one being a number and the rest being letters. Um, I appreciate you, Cars, uh, but I feel like you don't get the snaps you deserve, uh, not only for Mission Green, but for trying to help people. Uh, support their families through something that is uh, going through a, a bit of a metamorphosis in terms of public perception. So you're doing, dare I say you're doing God's work, word, blank, font, and I appreciate everything you guys are doing over there.
0: Well, I appreciate it, Todd. Thank you again for coming on. It was great to see you. Great to see your dogs. Excited to see them, hopefully, in person sometime, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: You, you as well. Thank you so much.